Welcome to Probing Ancient Aliens. Science and sci-fi obsessed nerds, Steve and Joey, are exploring each episode of everyone's favorite show about ancient astronaut theory, as well as the lovable quirky researchers who evangelize it. Today we're probing into Season 16, Episode 2, The Lost Kingdom. I prefer King Smart. Or I prefer a Queendom. Hey. Surprised you didn't go there. Hey. I'm a Queen or Queen Smart. Yeah. (laughs) Hacking my own jokes. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to welcome to a Monday night recording, a classic Monday night recording. Uh, People at uh, in the in the Twitch chat here over at Twitch.tv/slash Probing Ancient Aliens, which you can be in as well. And you can always you can always check Twitch if you subscribe. It'll send you a little push notification when we're live. Or follow our Instagram at uh, Instagram.com slash <laughs> stupid meme now is make it Instagram.com. <laughs> I'm posting over at Instagram.com. Oh my god, I'm about to Instagram.com. Instagram.com slash at no no, it's just at probing uh, What am I no, saying? Slash yeah. underscore <laughs> right. at Times New Roman. Right. Pound sign. Ghent Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, sorry. At Probing Ancient Aliens on Instagram where, where Steve <laughs> Steve uh, uh, posts on our stories when we're going live on Twitch. Yes. Either a time estimate or like tonight we are live. Yeah, we uh, are. So follow us on both. Subscribe to us on both. I subscribe to this uh, beautiful lady on Instagram.com. <laughs> probing. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> She makes me think of her butthole with the way she doesn't show her butthole all the time. <laughs> it's implied. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we haven't done any lewd versus nude jokes in a while, right, too. Right, but right. Um, anyway, it's a Monday night recording. Uh, uh, my whole point was Twitch chatters, please let us know if the sound levels are good because we had a Patreon episode recorded on our, uh, we're on a different computer, different garage band install. And so, as we're fucking with the levels again, we just want to make sure that uh, yeah, at least the I'm output from the out. board, because the board to Twitch should be good, Kay. but it still could be off. You never know. Yeah, and then it's it's not a critique of you. I just want the, no, the, no, the no, folks no, no. to I'm let just us know. Thinking right, like yeah, um, don't cry. Oh, you're rubbing your eyes already. <laughs> Got to be able to take a little criticism. No, because I think uh, I think the blown outness mm-hmm. of the old O ring, um, it might be in garage. Well, this is going in board to the computer, computer, and then this is board to garage band. So, yeah, we can confirm because we should be hearing what we're hearing in our headphones. Right, that's the whole Twitch point. Should be hearing too. Yeah, and then I think it's the export that is getting goofy. Right, but again, we'll see. Cajun Robin Hood says, "Pretty sure you can pray to get your kingdom back." Well, and also that the belches are crystal clear, yes. just like the Topo Chico bottles tonight were saying. Excellent. Uh, yeah, <laughs> my wife got uh, four bottles right before you gave us the... Uh, four boxes? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she went to four taquerias and went in that little fridge and they got the last Food one. Hours. No, there's been a Topo Chico shortage out here in yeah, Southern California. Biggin got you. Yes. The, oh, you got some biggins there. Those are the big boxes. That now, that might win... That might win the award for fictional magazine that young Joey wish existed in real life right. was Biggins Magazine from Married with Children. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Biggins, not Damn. thosens. Exactly. 
one of my favorite jokes of all time. <laughs> As his hot, sexy wife is bringing him upstairs to fuck him. <laughs> I said bigots pay, not those. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but, uh, yeah, welcome to Monday. Welcome to Steve's, post-Steve's first new day at his new job. New job. Yes. And uh, not working with the Joe Man no more. Right. <laughs> say, now. Not working for Joe Mez anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've moved over to Gatekeeper right. Media. Uh, I know it's a competitor, <laughs> bing, but bing, 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 bing. <laughs> we can all work together in this space. There's no problem. Yeah. It is kind of a quick uh, disc golf side note. Uh, hey, that should be our disc golf podcast, uh, which is not even thematically disc golf. Side note has right. nothing to do with it. <laughs> I used to draw a little. Um, uh, Erotic flip books and the side notes right. of my scorecards back in the 90s. Right, right, right. you did. Right. Uh, oh, Gatekeeper Media have basically went from being super boring in their branding and vibe last year to basically just copying last year's Jomez style. style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, their style is kind of the same, but their music and like they change right, their music right. every year and all that stuff. It's kind of funny. But, um, but I do, I like their content. I guess in terms of their coverage, it's probably second best to Jomez. Well, I don't know. I like the GK because they have the skins. Sure, I'm saying normal coverage of like the yeah, of the uh, whatever you know because they're they are the most Jomez like. But you got Brian Earhart in there, uh, who hosts uh, the Flight Diary. Right. Not the creator of Anzanero's Martha McLean exactly. course. Yeah. That's Eric uh, McCabe. Cla- yeah, classic left Canadian. <laughs> which is Eric McCabe left. Because you kept saying classic, like left hand side arm. Yep. Uh, all the, all yeah, the Brian Earhart. Yeah. Uh, but his 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 partners on GK, on a uh, Gatekeeper Media are always Nate Perkins, who is boring and slow sounding, or Nathan Queen, who is boring and slow sounding too. So I think Nate Perkins is jumping around because I think he's trying to find a place yes. outside of actually playing disc golf. Right. No offense, he's just not. He's not top. When he, yeah, when he's on those skins matches, at least like the three I've seen him on, he is generally the worst guy by far yeah. on them. Because he's usually with other elite yeah, yeah. players. Because he'll you know. help also. He's, got Sky, he's not Sky Team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he'll help with the GK Pro uh, announcers too. Yes, exactly. And then he's also doing Disc Golf Pro Tour announcing. Right. And then there's the other guy who looks like him but throws for Prodigy who leads the GK, oh. like the skins. Oh, yeah. Uh, Who's that guy? I just totally blank. I watch those things all the time. Uh, Luke Humphreys? Yeah. Yes. Luke Humphreys. And his dog, the best boy. Yes. Gordon or something? I can't remember his name. Or Her- Harold? No, it's uh, <laughs> it's also not Humphreys, but it's something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Who has like a disgusting underbite, but is a cute dog. Right, right, yeah. right. right, right. Um, anyway, that's enough for the disc golf side note for tonight. Uh, make some chain music out there, yeah, my really friends. Good. <laughs> disc golf zoo bit. zoo radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you celebrated your first day uh, at work by playing Oak Grove. Oak Grove, the oldest bas- basketed course. <laughs> the oldest basketball course yes. that I make into a disc golf course and annoy yeah. the basketball <laughs> players every oh, night. Ain't no hoops of death. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so we were throwing some hoops. Yeah. Uh, called uh, we used to call it Stroke Grove on uh, especially if you're there Wednesday nights after 11 p.m. You know, oh, yeah. if you know what yeah, I mean. A yeah, lot yeah. of bush coverage out yeah, there. Exactly. But we weren't covering our bushes. If you know what I mean. It was gay wet. sex. Wet. <laughs> <laughs> wet. Um. Yeah. You came home. You came straight from Oak Grove. Yeah. 
from your new job. Hour which and is, a half when it was only supposed to be about an hour. But yeah. we had a thunderstorm here, some rain, yeah. so that slogged everything down. And then I was able to use the fast track down the 110 oh, to nice. uh, cut off some time there as well. So. Um, how much that set you back? That was $11. <laughs> Worth every penny, though. It was. Yeah, I will pay almost anything to avoid mm-hmm. fucking sitting in traffic. That was one of the... One of the big reasons that uh, old Pino moved out of California to right. South Carolina because he's like, yeah, yeah, Joe, they want to charge you now to go faster on the freeways that you fucking pay taxes for to build already. And I'm like, yeah, but the freeways, yes, I guess. Well, but the HOV is still free. So if you have right. the, the, the uh, fast track right. and you mark it to two plus, right, uh, exactly. you don't have two plus. Right. It's free. <laughs> right, exactly. So still carpool. And it's like either way, the freeways were originally built. Not that I'm saying I love right, paying right. tolls, but they were built when there was fucking a third the people. Right, right. And then right. it just exponentially grows. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, because we're going through, hey, West Coast Elite at the moment. We're going through, I think, year three to four of the, the infamous 405 freeway right. out here that well, runs. Because that dumb bridge was closed for like almost two years. Yes. I feel like it's been open a year. So yes. Three? Yeah, the bridge to your old place. Yeah, right. right. Um, the but uh, they're they're replacing. Well, that was your old address. Exactly. They're replacing literally. They're widening the freeway in all spots, you know, and uh, replacing like somewhere in the teens or maybe twenty bridges along the way. Mm-hmm. And it's just been insane, especially when they only they only sort of grind down as they move lanes left and right and have to divert traffic around construction zones. Right. They only sort of grind the old paint of the lanes off and then paint right. new temporary ones, so everyone's starting to. Drift into yeah. other people's lanes like a go kart track, around. but yeah. um, anyway. But uh, did you say mush around? Yeah. Did, have, did we ever find out officially what a smush is in disc golf as opposed to a smash? No, uh, but I think they. Um, <laughs> no, I never will. <laughs> no, they like smush. It's just like a slang. Like just no, I know, I know, but I didn't know if it was like not a tech. Yeah, Because they're not saying it for huge, massive... They're usually saying it for beautiful drives through, like, a technical line. They go, oh, really? So maybe it's like a smush is like a, yeah, like, a soft smash or something. Or like, just, yeah, you're like he pured it, it or something. Yeah, oh, maybe. Okay. Do you also know... Quick question. I do not know what... Oh, he, he can still get up and down from there. What the fuck does that mean? Oh, jeez. You're getting all technical on us, Joe. These are all slang terms. He can get up and down means he can get to the basket. Right, but why is it called up and down? Because you're going back and forth, up and down. Up the fairway, down the fairway? Yes. Yeah, okay. It's just, right. yeah, don't overthink this. <laughs> <laughs> it is in my nature. Um, but yeah, welcome to Probing Ancient Aliens, a show about the show Ancient Aliens. Yeah. Disc golf, ABBA and disc golf income. Right, right. And tolls and uh, freeway construction exactly. problems. Yeah. Uh, All your power. Yes, uh, uh, we'll get to... It was thunder and lightning, and I was like... Oh, that's what you were saying, yes. We had like, very southern-style storm yeah. today. So it was high. It was like 87. Yes. But then I was like, well, if it, lightning's going to hit, it's going to hit a tree. Right. Unless I'm out in the disc golf basket, which is a pole of metal. Exactly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so I better be careful Yeah, that. So You should have... It'd be cool if you would have, like, Zach Bagan-style, you just kneeled underneath the basket and put your right. teeth up on it yeah. like yeah. a light bulb. Right, and then just stroked it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get hit by fucking lightning, guys. Yeah, come on. Uh, no, you're coming in the dirt, sir. Yeah, yeah. You did get hit, right. and you're pretty out. 
my young son has now been converted. Thank you very much. Right. I was trying to do it myself. Yeah. Oh, you went 88 <laughs> miles an hour and made it back to the year 1980. To convert, to convert <laughs> young Pasadena boys right. to be gay exactly. by jerking off in front of them under a basket well, and claiming... Pasadena is where uh, the doc lived. <laughs> I think you were saying, it is where homosexuality started. <laughs> it was uh, you know, favorite That original pastime. chimpanzee exactly. that evolved into uh, uh, Magic Johnson, yeah. which is not a racist thing. I'm saying the first human that anyone knows that had AIDS was Magic Johnson. Right. So sorry. I'm going to dial that back. Just, <laughs> I'm going to pivot from that. I really didn't humor. mean it like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Doc Brown lives at the old Gable house. Right. Which I think is in Pasadena. Mm. Or it's one of those old stuff. Like Clark Gable's house? Some, it's it's like the Gable house or something. I, th- mm. I don't know if it's Clark Gable, but mm. I think it's called the... Whatever. It's, it's called something like that. It's where people really like to watch Anne of Green Gables. Exactly. Which I hated that Next show. Next to JFK Land. Right. <laughs> right. Avenue or whatever. Uh, yeah, John F. Kennedy Drive. Right. Yeah. Who the hell is John F. Kennedy? Uh I just want to take a moment to uh, apologize to everyone in our community for my previous Magic Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> he has defeated the deadly disease. <laughs> the deadly disease. Yeah. Deadly, deadly disease. I got AIDS, deadly do. Uh, yeah, it's Monday night, as I've said a thousand times already, and we're gonna we're gonna reach for the stars right here. Did I promote? I haven't promoted anything. We're doing it out of order. It's fine. Uh, I'm gonna reach for the stars here, like our. I might say, I might be, I might say, I won't say it, but I might say that Bobani is maybe our number one fan. Oh, I would 100% maybe. say it. Um, but uh, I don't want oh, to piss off the other It's fans fine. The well, they need to work harder then right. if they want to get that top spot. That's true. I need top. Yeah. Uh, but Bobandi reached for the stars. He reached for five stars over at Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher of choice. Uh, please leave us reviews. It's very easy. It's very quick. Leave us five-star reviews specifically. Oh, this uh, is where Bobani's going to really lay, lay into these. Oh, yeah. Characters. Oh, yeah. He's, he is, as you said, power top, I would think. Yeah. Um, but uh, he gave us a review over at Apple Podcasts titled My Two Cents, Five Stars. Uh, as always, great episode. Let's address the 800-pound gorilla in the room. In parentheses, not Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are always seven to ten people enjoying the Twitch stream weekly. And no one takes a minute to leave a rating and a review. You can't rely on me every week, probers. Apple only recently started to let me comment again because he was doing it so much they were deleting his com- his reviews as duplicate yeah. reviews or whatever. Uh, I get so sad when I hear these beautiful boys have no five-star review. Show your support. Let's everyone leave a review. So next week, the first 30 minutes is only reaching for the stars. Uh, as for me, when you catch up to uh, Ancient Aliens Real Time, whatever... You choose to probe is fine with me. May I suggest a filler segment, uh, Bobandy's Two Cents from your favorite middle-aged man-child. Well, Bobandy, That'd be great. Yeah, I would love... We, we talked about incorporating him in the show and yeah. doing a Patreon episode with him as well where we call in. Right. But, um, I would say that, and if you have an audio clip you want to email, you can do that and we can play it. Right. Uh, or just email something and we can yeah. do that. So. Yeah, you could be the cold open happen. of the show. We could... We could not listen to it on purpose, and you could be the cold open for the show right. every week. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We, oh, yeah, and then I still got to cut the uh, um, the cheese. The cheese, yes. Uh, the yes, fart humor, Joey. Yes. <laughs> I'm quite above that now. Okay, I live in a nice house now with a woman. I diarrhea. don't. <laughs> I only do diarrhea yeah. jokes now. Only pee pee poo poo. <laughs> no gas gas fart. Bus. Um, 
No, sorry, I'm just trying to think. What's the studio? The cameos. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Which I think Bobandi, Bo I don't know what happened. Also, Bobandi, mucho apologizo, but uh, the post that you sent me today, you, uh, he said something about Ding Dong Fundy or Bundy, but uh, the post was unavailable. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody died. Yeah, I just doxed our Facebook chat with, uh, with Ding Dong. But uh, yeah, so send me a screenshot, please, of that post. Um, I think it was like. Ding dong, this is how Ding Dong Bunny would is going to retaliate on people or something like yeah, that. Okay. But, um, but anyway. But uh, we well, got a Castbox review too. Oh, we do. Okay, go so ahead. Five stars from Mister Spectastic. I guess so. Five stars plus a an eggplant, eggplant yeah. emoji, which we all know what that means. Yes. Uh, only within the current. Wait, wait sorry. Only within the current year have I gotten into listening to podcasts. Hmm. These banana-loving chimps are the main reason for that. <laughs> I have had a long love-hate relationship with the Eat series, Ancient Aliens. Mm. These guys have shifted that balance to more love than hate. Oh. I enjoy the impolite and crude humor. I like that they are equally as open-minded as they are skeptical. Mm. These are the kind of guys that I would enjoy a beer and conversation with. Just like George W. Now this podcast is not for everyone. Not the not for everyone podcast. Correct. But, uh, which those guys are nice to and fans of the show. Uh, Ironically enough, enjoy their show as well. are for everyone. It's for exactly. everyone. Yeah. Could most be popular. Everyone. I mean, next to Joe Rowan, it's the most popular one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, uh, they're billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> if you find an issue with this podcast, you can go suck a bag of Wilcox. <laughs> as long as ancient aliens continue. Sounds yummy. Hey. Best tasting cocks in the Fake galaxy. So as long as these ancient aliens continue to be the bane of our existence, I will look forward to each new experience with these beautiful boys. Wow. Bo Bambi call back there. That's wonderful. Wonderful review. Thank you, Mr. Spectastic. Awesome. Oh, just for my mommy's birthday. There you go. The, I like, I mean, hmm, I can't talk. Uh, Love-hate relationship. I don't know if I've ever said that, but that pretty much is exactly... I think we feel about ancient aliens. You know, it's, right. it's why we started the show, but like, which is why we have a small but dedicated audience is that the people that like the show, but also it's tough because like your average person doesn't want to fucking talk to you about it. They go, right. oh, the guy with the hair. And it's like, well, but the mean guy. it brings up all these other things as listeners yeah, of the yeah. show of the past, you know, 180 episodes we've done or whatever, uh, all know. So it's a very niche audience, but. We get, you know, you know, amazing money on Patreon. Like, we get very supportive, interested people, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, you yeah. know, so. And the analytics show, like, people tend to finish the episodes, or at least, no Swedish, yeah. uh, or at least get most of the way as the average listen time and everything like that, so. Um, well, Redhead Lover says we can all dream for the top. <laughs> and yes, someone's crap doesn't stink now that they live in a real house. Because uh -huh, uh -huh. his diarrhea stinks not as far. He doesn't fart anymore. All of his bowel movements are productive exactly. physical yeah. movements. They're not incorporeal anymore. Yeah. Incraporeal. It's, not, yeah. it's just not <laughs> shockwaves into the ether of nothing. Right. It is gusta-filled yeah. yeah. loads of fluids and solids moving together in yes. harmony. There is only one man at your old address now that stares into the void on a minute-by-minute -minute basis yeah. to make up most and of his existence. That bathroom is disgusting. <laughs> it's horrible. It was bad before, yes. but it is. Um, <laughs> I have a, ring, a secret ring camera with smell o vision yes. in there. <laughs> well, I've gone in to clean up some stuff where I get, you know, passive-aggressive messages right. still from them. 
You, uh, hmm. Next time you come over, you know, you can close the, the back door and not leave it wide open. <laughs> or again, I'm pretty sure I locked it. When is... I remember thinking I, about how the lock is different than the house I'm in now. Right. But technically, knows, knows I, I know technically you're moved out, but, and this technically should be a part of how you do and Steve, how you do enjoy it, but... When is the last time? Is it past tense now? Are you done going back, or do you still have stuff? I need to message him because he needs to move his car because I'm not going to move his classic car for him. Is it I in the stuff, garage? Yeah, because I have oh. stuff in the garage in the rafters that I, one, can't get to, let alone Oof. two, I'm not going to try to get to and then have it fall. And on his car, yeah. His car, right. So. What what kind of stuff? More collectibles or just uh, like? Just a couple bins of things. Nothing mm-hmm. crazy, yeah. but just <laughs> bins and then. It's like literally just stacks of paper that you wrote the word crazy exactly. on. And it, there's nothing there. <laughs> uh, and a couple surfboards. That okay. Probably could be garbage anyway. Mm. So. <laughs> They're just old boards. That's why they tell you don't storm in the rafters. Exactly. This will become, warning this unit will become garbage. Yeah, this shredding gnar will garbage. Yeah. You go up there and you touch it and it just becomes like Carl's Junior Rappers, Hardee's for those on the East Coast. Right, right. right. And uh, uh, cups and McDonald's fry. Boxes. Yeah, all empty voids. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to stare into those. Leave them there. <laughs> I want to smell. I need you. I need more holes to stare. <laughs> I need you. <laughs> uh, so you have at least, so he at least has something to live for for a few more weeks, maybe? Yeah, I mean, if, if he's around Saturday, I'm going to go get it. But yeah. I haven't texted him either. It, it, uh, I'm excited for you because in a similar fashion, I went back, as, as I've talked about before, I did a lot of trap, neuter, and releasing on the young boys in my old standing apartment. No, young boys meaning kittens and cats, yeah. uh, trying to get them adopted and stuff, because people literally watch them drown in horrible right. stuff. And so I went back for, I want to say the better part of nine months-ish, maybe yeah. a year almost. I mean, it got way less and less, but uh, I, I, when I finally stopped going... Yeah. And, and allowed myself to be, not that it's the same goal, but... Right, right, right. Just you don't have that stress of... It's, yeah, letting, letting go of the responsibility. It's like, hey, for literally five, six years, you did a good thing. Right. I mean, because your good thing was helping Matt not destroy himself. Right, right, right. As, as his favorite show, Dragon Ball Z, always says, instead of the word kill, as if it makes... Literally, the word destroy means to kill. Right. They say, oh, we're destroying seven cats today in this veterinarian because nobody claimed them, whatever. Right, 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 right. Uh, they're, you know, killing implies, I guess, murder, but it's the same fucking thing. Yeah, but, death, uh, but yeah, I guess if, if, Dra- if Goku was in the Demolition Man universe, it would be uh, murder, death, destroy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll destroy you, even though in the I'll Japanese version, I'll hole. kill you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come Just Frieza in. turning around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to come a mehaya. <laughs> hey, it's Steve. Uh, I'm apologizing for my earlier statement on Polynesian <laughs> culture and language. No, no whatever. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Hi. I guess I'm it's Japanese. but old joke. Right. <laughs> that, that Saiyans don't usually come on <laughs> Frieza style. Yeah. I don't. I don't give a fuck. But I legit was not trying to do a racist no, monkey African American person thing. But you know, yeah. They forgot. Just, we'll make it a let's T-shirt. Not connect the dots for anyone else who maybe didn't already. We should make a shirt with just the dots of that entire phrase, right, and then yeah. people looking at. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna. <laughs> 
you work. Go for Halloween. <laughs> work as uh, Bruce Willis from Die Hard with a Vengeance. Right. The that with the sandwich made. board. Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> Simple Simon forced him to wear it in Harlem. Right. right yeah. Right. <laughs> and I was going to go with Sam Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Arguably worse, or I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that might be like. The worst costume that two <laughs> two white guys could wear together. <laughs> well, no, it's from the movie, and I'm Sam Jack. You know, hey, there's snakes on the plane. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, um, see, our inability to completely pivot creates right, only right. more comedy for us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, we should move on to, uh, really quickly promoting, if you like this kind of horrific humor, uh, and just, you know, r- fucking living on a razor's edge <laughs> of cancel culture versus the most exquisite humor and pleasure right. anyone could ever feel, like a Cenobite, uh, head over to patreon.com slash probingancientaliens, and, uh, for five bucks a month or more, even just for five bucks one month, if you wanted to get download out, if you want to take that, well, that, that download. you want to take that butthole or clip bashing finger and just click download like ninety times right. 90 over. Times, what is, are we on two or three years of Patreon? Uh, it was twenty nineteen. Is when we started. I believe yes. January or mid? Because I, well, I think it was. I think it was January. So yeah. it'll be three years this January. Yeah, that's crazy. So. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah two two per month, so yeah. twenty four per year. So yeah, it's well, it's like yeah, seventy something, yeah, yeah, something like that. So, but some have been in the free feed, you know. Yeah, yeah. when well, I, I counted, there's only about I I, f- I always feel bad, even though our patrons are like, we don't give a shit. But Bandy, everyone's like, we don't give a shit, you know, just you know, whatever. Like, share your shit. We just like supporting you. Uh, but uh, we've only put I think twelve ever okay. as Patreon peaks. So. Um, I was going to say every couple months or something. We almost right. did tonight. But. Yeah, we just we want to make sure and always have content because it sucks when... I think we've only done that once, and it was pretty... Well, we did that uh, when I was on vacation, but even during extreme circumstances, we made up for yeah. it with Patreon Peak or something. But yeah, yeah. try to be... We have, we have probably like a 98% consistency rate with Monday yeah, yeah, nights, yeah, yeah. and then for our British, our British lads and ladettes uh, right. uh, Tuesday mornings. Yes. But um, Oh, happy uh, belated birthday to Charlie Smith. One of our earliest and most consistent fans. Yes. Um, yeah, head, or, head over to patreon.com where for $5 a month or more you can listen to Probing Deeper where we probe a few knuckles deeper into subjects related to aliens and strangeness and yeah. psychic stuff and whatever, paranormal stuff. And then uh, uh, Adventurous Ghosts, which is our Ghost Adventures podcast, which is a similar format to the show, but it's about ghost adventures on the Travel Channel. Yeah. Uh, which... Today, my boss had never heard of Ghost Adventures before, ever. <laughs> Even knowing who Zach, like, because nope. there's so many people like, oh, that's the, like, Brody right. guy. She ended up knowing it because she's like, oh, is that who they were making fun of on that episode of Kroll Show? <laughs> and I was like, yep. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, um, and a quick shout out to Ghost Adventures. They've had a lot of shitty episodes in this the new season that's come out this year, but the the special that is currently on Discovery Plus, the uh, the Goldfield Hotel, the final chapter, mm. is it's a two hour special, so it's you know hour and a half of actual airtime, but a lot like some crazy stuff. Like literally, my wife and I 
No, I mean, it was scary, I guess. It wasn't like jump out of your horror movies here. It was like, holy fuck. Like, yeah. one, something happens to, actually, multiple things happen to the crew. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, that I've never seen before. <laughs> and I don't want to spoil it, but I would highly recommend. It's the best ghost adventures that I've seen in a long time. Basically, the, the, they're pretty good on their last two specials, which was the... Um, the hotel in LA where the Asian girl was like going crazy yeah, and yeah, talking yeah, yeah. to a something in the elevator wow. and stuff. Um, they had that whole series on Netflix. Yes, too. exactly. Or whatever. Um, that one was really good. They had good evidence here, but this one was even better. But because the Goldfield was the original documentary, one of the locations in, in the original documentary. Yeah. So, and they've been back multiple times, and it's especially they're never going back there because it's especially painful because that's where the Constantinos, the murder suicide couple. They helped them investigate there in 2010. Right, right, right. I think we've actually already covered. Yeah, we covered that show. I think I was going to say that. I was, always, I was like, maybe I should release that on the feed just for SEO purposes while people are searching right now. But um, And then also watched, uh, then I can skip over this and how you doing, Simon. But also watched the, his other new show, part of hashtag Ghosttober <laughs> uh, on Discovery, <laughs> uh, the show where it's, he, he kind of fucking lied. I mean, it's like Eli Roth... Mm-hmm. It's on certain posts there people were like, oh, he and I think we said it like uh, Eli Roth is directing these episodes, these like kind of long, like they're like 40 minute episodes of these little miniature horror movies based off of a cursed object in the Haunted Museum. And so Zach like introduces it. And then there's been two episodes so far. But I will say they're not directed by they're executive produced by Zach and Eli Roth. So whatever. But they're, they're, I think each one's directed by a different director. And uh, mm-hmm. so far, pretty good. Pretty scary. Um, they're, a little, they're a little on the cheesy side. So it's, but they're, almo- here's, they're almost like rated very hard, like really hard PG-13 or R versions. Because Discovery Plus, they said fucking stuff like that. It's not like the Travel Channel was. Right, right. Um, like hard R versions of, uh, you know, hard R implies like nudity and stuff. Right, right. Let's just say our versions of yeah, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Okay. Where it's like a little bit cheesy. Maybe they're Canadian. I don't know. But uh, it's not, they're no name people in the episodes. The first one was about uh, a dollhouse that he has had there. I think we saw it. Well, we saw both of these things when we were in there. But you'll remember the second episode was, was scarier, I think, because it was about the lady with all of the communication devices that she ended up oh, taking those right, selfies right, of herself, right, you know, right, for, well, yeah, 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 yeah. like minutes, yeah, uh, supposedly like moments before she like died that, yeah. while she was getting what she said, like, uh, she, she yeah. was saying, like, it would choke her, like, this demon, Algol, would choke her and, like, all this crazy stuff. And supposedly she was, like, she tried, she was trying to take pictures of it because apparently there's theories that if you can take a picture of a demon or of an interdimensional being of some kind, you can capture it oh, and trap it in there, yeah. which is kind of like what Ghostbusters was based on and stuff too. Right, but, right. Um, but uh, it's worth watching for sure, and it's yeah. like it, it's legit. Like the design of the demon and like the scares and stuff and the sound design, they're all pretty solid. So it's pretty scary shit. Yeah. What's up? Uh, Redhead Doug, lover. Doug Melton. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, he's yeah. a long term. Right, right, right. Yeah. Going to turn in. There's a Doug. Oh, there we Catch go. Got it. In the morning. Nice. We'll see you guys later. Thank you, Good Doug. Night. Who we have confirmed is not my right, sister's. Right. Exactly. I'm like, yes. wait. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is what we've confirmed. Yes. Not. Uh, also, quick shout out to patron uh, Brian, who uh, we I welcomed last week, but it's because he's not. He's actually a returning patron. 
but his old handle was just mm. Brian without a last name. Okay. So it seemed different. Because I can usually remember their, their handles mm-hmm. uh, after a time. But uh, he, he was like, oh, hey, I'm actually... I've actually been a patron before and listened to you guys a lot a couple years ago, and now I'm just back. So okay. anyway, thanks for returning. That's almost almost nicer than uh, being a first-time patron. So that doesn't make any sense, but I'm yeah. glad you're back. Whatever. Welcome. A <laughs> uh, little Welcome Back Cotter reference, oh, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming, Mr. Cotter. What about my big nerd cock? <laughs> okay, whatever Stanley's... What's his name? Oh, God. What, uh, Rorschach. Horshack. Horshack. Yeah. <laughs> Not Rorschach. Yeah. Hey. I think come drenching walls. Class is a bunch of commie bullshit. Frisbee off basket. Teeth marks. Oh. <laughs> Hoops up there. Wet dirt. A child's pants. <laughs> Grown man's Ugh. underwear. I'm really painting a gruesome scene. Yeah. It's uh, rough, Rorschach. It's rough. <laughs> Uh, that's just what you're saying when he finds you at Oak yeah, Grove doing right, 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 those right, horrible right, things. Yeah. 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 It's rough, Horshack. Sorry. It's rough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, and then uh, <laughs> as I'm still doing housekeeping, head over to blackholesupplycompany.com for all your probing ancient aliens uh, apparel needs, uh, apparel accessories needs. Uh, get some disc golf discs for you. Uh, Steve is a uh, fully licensed wholesaler of many of the top brands of right. disc golf discs. And then we have disc golf apparel uh, with artwork on, like, the shirts and stuff by our friends. So it's exclusive. Can't find it anywhere else. See. Um, but other than that, uh, who was first on the... Oh, yeah, Cajun Robin... I think Cajun Robin Hood's going to ask. There we go. How you doing, Steve? How you doing, Joey? I'm doing good. Uh, as we said, first first day in the new gig, and then go back into the office tomorrow to meet uh, the bigger team. Got it. Uh, not just so the they're, people. Yeah, I was going to say they're, they're plus size. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one of the main vendors will be in town. Oh, so nice. I think that's why a lot of people are going to physically be in, because they, they actually moved offices <laughs> during COVID. Oh. Uh, so it's like... Smaller new. or just different? Uh, I think bigger and nicer. Oh, okay. I accidentally went to the old office today when I first <laughs> got there. I'm like, hey, no one's here. And oh, like, no. Oh, shit. Uh, Should have given <laughs> you the new address. Because, again, I just put it in Google Maps right. or whatever. How far away was it? Uh, five minutes. Oh, okay. So that's not like bad. So, uh, not too bad. So, yeah, hung out there today. I'll be there tomorrow. Meet some more people, get dialed in, and yeah. then, yeah, we'll go from there. And then doing some wedding planning That's right. this weekend down in Carlsbad on Friday. So, yeah. And then this weekend we had... You uh, did it on Friday. No, no, I, that's coming up. Oh, Because Friday we were all together, I was going to say. Yeah, I didn't know if you went in the no, morning no, for some no, reason no. or whatever, yeah. So, that's coming up this weekend. Yeah. But then, uh, yeah, smoked a brisket on Friday. Yeah. Gorsh, thrilling. It was, I mean, I think it was most myself. people's... Uh, well, Josh had seen it, I guess, but because uh, he helped you move oh, a little right, bit. Right. Yeah, most people. But most yeah. people's first time at the new place. Yeah, it was lovely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank drank. You. I drank way too much. I drank yeah, way I too much Friday and was, Saturday night. Oh, there you go. And I, it was a reminder of how much I hate. I hate. It wasn't that I felt like shit drinking, but it was. It was just enough to go. I'm gonna feel like shit tomorrow, yeah, and then yeah, I did yeah. it again <laughs> the next night. <laughs> right. Yeah, because Saturday I slept kind of like shit. To a certain extent, uh, Friday into Saturday. Friday into yeah. Saturday. Uh, yeah, full of food I think and alcohol. It was like, yeah, full of food. I haven't been doing a lot of dairy, so the butter potatoes, mm-hmm. the kale was. Oh about, yeah, fiber explosion you know, there. <laughs> two in the morning, you know, the the literal floodgates open. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't have any stomach issues like that in terms of uh, 
expunging any of it. Mm-hmm. It was more just the internal being hot well, yeah, and a little yeah. bit of acid reflux right, maybe, right, but right, that still right. doesn't help your sleep. Uncomfortable, yeah. Because yeah. then the next day, what did we do? Oh, yeah, went to Long Beach, picked mm-hmm. up the actual wedding band. And more of a short stuff. beach guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your lovely hometown. Yeah. Uh, the hometown. short beach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I ended up taking a nap that day and felt mm-hmm. way better. In the At the ring shop. Exactly. Yeah. yeah they, they let me, you know, hang in the back while, yes. you know, the fitting was finally Now, done. this is, uh, now, miss, this is a magic ring that's specifically imbued with the power to wake up burly men who look yeah. like Hopper from Stranger Things right. on Netflix. <laughs> it's and your fiance is like, oh, great. Yeah. That's exactly what we need right now. Perfect. Yeah, and then it's an ancient <laughs> ring, but it's for this very specific type. The jeweler of just puts on the ring, punches you in the face, and you wake up. Right, kicks me in the nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so he puts it on his toe then, exactly. to at least convince your fiance that, Correct. that it's, it's a magic ring. Or something. Yeah. Or something uh, so yeah, in my head of like nards in the deep, and then he <laughs> kicks you in the nuts. Nardine. Nards. Uh, <laughs> even the Wolfman has nards. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then Sunday kind of hung out, ran errands and shit. This was kind of mm-hmm. the first weekend that there wasn't, like, big events happening. Right. So it was nice just to kind of chill and enjoy some of those beers. Yeah, and yeah. Such. So, yeah. Nice. That was the bulk. So, yeah, get, and then just onboarding the new role. So. Yeah. Um, How about you, Joe? How you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, Friday was really fun. Uh, I got a, mo- like, 85% of a free uni pizza oven oh, right. uh, from Dorsch as well. Did um, you look into how much the other parts are going to cost you? I already ordered one of them, and it was only $33, so it's the hatch door on the yeah. back. Um, yeah, it's the Uni Pro 16, which mm-hmm. is not cheap right. um, for the whole thing. But uh, And then um, I ordered uh, a 16-inch pizza peel, because okay. I don't have that, and I need that anyway. And I'm not ordering the chimney quite yet, uh, which is only available on third-party shops mm-hmm. anyway. Because it is just a pipe with a little flu, you know, it's a little comes down yeah, with yeah, it every yeah. every year. Uh, not too bad, a little exactly. snot, a little yeah, diarrhea. Yeah, yeah. But they get the shaft. Yeah, uh, no, but just, it's literally just a pipe with um, a little flu that opens up. Now there could be something special. I'm gonna I'm gonna look into it a little bit and see if like has anyone gone cheap and just like gone to Home Depot to replace an uni chimney and see if yeah, anyone's done as, it. Yeah, I think you totally could. Yeah. as long as it fits. Because again, yeah. and that's only if you're using the smoke. Right. Uh, if you're using the gas, you don't actually need the chimney. Oh, got it. See, I want to use the wood, though, right. for sure. Yeah. Um, but Because uh, I figured at worst case, I could, you know, fucking Mickey Mouse it and, like, take some, get it on there, maybe screw it in a little bit, which I know you want it to, you, it doesn't make it portable really anymore because you can't put it in the case or whatever, I guess. Uh, but Well, no, my case, well, it depends on which one they have. But, like, mine, it has oh, that's right. the it chimney has, stacked right. as part of the, the covers. So. Um, but at worst, I could always, you can put the flashing tape, like, roofing tape, basically, on it, which is, like, rated for heat and stuff, too. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. Worst case, you don't even need it because it's just a hole, so it just helps guide the smoke. That is, well, because then, yeah, that's the crazy part is I looked in to, like, the drop ceiling that's in the top of the uni. Yeah. And it, it is, like, the three of the tiniest little diagonal slits that are actually letting it in there. And I'm like, it already is kind of doing that. But I understand that... It controls the smoke. Exactly, yeah. Um, Not a huge deal. Right, but uh, I am excited to use it because it's got got two fucking stones inside and shit like that. Yeah, because this is bigger because mine's only, I think, a 12. Yeah, mine's a 16. And, um, uh, but I am excited. But yeah, it just, 
the, the front of it is not perfectly flush. And so he, his wife got it for him for some big event, birthday or anniversary or something. And totally understandably, she fought with them for a long time saying like, no, because like, it, was, it was dented. So the, yeah. the, the, it's, and it's just like a basic metal, metal frame. Yeah. Uh, the front door is like, there's like a little like eighth of an inch gap on one of the corners so that's like bent in. But she's like, no, this thing's like 800 bucks before taxes. Right. Right. I want a fucking perfect one. Send it now. And they, yeah. and they finally did. And so they were going to sell it, but then Josh was like, oh, no, just give it to Joey because he's handy. Maybe he can take like a rubber, a rubber mallet, bang it out or whatever. He also said, it still totally cooks fine. You're just not going to have the 100,000% perfect temp- temperature control or whatever too. So, um, But uh, yeah, hopefully I get the, the peel and the uh, hatch cover in a couple days. Yeah, but, uh, the back hatch cover is... 99 like the biggest thing yeah everything else is whatever yeah um yeah like in terms of it being essential right yeah. right uh but yeah i'm excited to to try that fucker out um nice to have pizza peel too he also no totally he also said that uh they use like i know you use like the big burger spatula to turn it uh which i can i'm gonna try at first too but he's like they bought it was pretty cheap it was on amazon i didn't buy it but it's like this like three foot pole with a little circle that you can use to turn it too um, and he says it worked really well. He's like, you you probably don't need it, need it, but it's yeah. nice because you can stay away from all the heat. It gets so right. hot and whatever. Because yeah, 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 yeah. I know that, it's, I mean, because I have, I have the long, bur- you gave me the bur- the big burger yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. And uh, that seems to be enough. Or or use the peel and the burger to right. like spin it once you have it on the peel. Exactly. I mean, because te- when you have a big ass pizza oven that has an open front, you should be able to just take the pizza Whoa, peel and just yeah, use yeah. it. But you have to have some room Again, this thing around is very it. So small, it's small. So, yeah, it's not. So that's why this is like a precision turner or whatever. So just like Tina. I was gonna say. Um, but uh, yeah, it's got that. Um, now, what was? I don't know. I don't know what the flavor wizards over at Modern Times Brewery, our favorite brewery, of course, are thinking. But they should be getting on that fucking Trader Joe's chili cheese combo that Dorsch Corner mm-hmm. was making because I yeah. could have eaten that for ten. I could have eaten that as the only thing that night. Yeah, maybe yeah, some yeah. something sweet later on, but. Right, right. That shit is the right dip for me, man. Is like well, it's crazy because vegan cheese, shameless. So. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing is it did not taste. It actually tasted like better vegan cheese than what's in modern times right. nacho right. style cheese, which yeah. is excellent too. Yeah. But yeah. Um, which I did go there Sunday with Herney. Oh, nice. Who uh, got back together with his girlfriend? Yeah, so it was a nice time. <laughs> we had uh, some coffees in the morning, the, nice. the pumpkin lattes, and the maple. Oh, lattes. I've been wanting to try those. Were those good? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. The pumpkin one, I would say get because that was the best. Uh, and then did a little lunch and then head home after. Nice. Well, did errands after that. Got it. Um, was it a double date? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. Because then he was like, hey, you guys want to go? We're like, cool. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, my wife texted him. She saw an Instagram story. They were back together. Yeah, or yeah, it was yeah. pictures of her. And she's like, hey, did you get back together? <laughs> and right. he's like, he was just like, hey, yes, we're having kids. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, but uh, a lot going on. But um, uh, yeah, so Friday, woke up a little hungover, still went out and uh, uh, did some disc golf practice, uh, which I felt way better afterwards. And then I uh, cooked two, count them two, full Detroit, you know, 12 by 18 pan uh, Detroit pies over at um, the in-laws house because it was my father-in-law's 70th birthday. There you go. Uh, big shout out to him. And um, I made a, uh, not a true margarita, but, a mar- but I didn't use, like, the fresh mozzarella blobs, yeah. but I made a cheese pizza with just basil, 
um, and some sauce, and then I made a pep pizza, ironically, with margarita brand pepperonis, mm. cuppy pepperonis, which were, I haven't updated that thread yet, but uh, those are top. Uh, they taste like, they taste like everything you want. They, it tastes like everything you want in an Italian-American pizza. So again, it's not like, they don't really have those over in Italy. They have the big, you know, salami size actual pepperoni. But um, the, little, the little cuppy pepperonis, they have the beef collagen around them, which caused them to shrink eat ink into the cup. Mm. Uh, the, the Hormel ones, second place, because they're also really shitty quality. These are actually decent quality right. ingredients, like made in Italy or whatever. And then, uh, but these were like, it was, it was bomb.com, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Now, it's always weird. Uh, mother-in-law has two ovens, which is very nice because I could do both at the same time. I bought a second stone to make sure they were both cooking the same. But her ovens, the heat comes from the back. And it's like almost like an always-on convection sort of where mine come from the bottom. But they came out great. They were delicious. But um, Mr. Tweedo said, did Joey wear gray sweat? Oh, yeah. Show off his giant ball. They're right under this... Uh, the tip of this laptop right here. Go. So I'll just leave you guys yeah. one. A glance, now, if, yeah. if you are... <laughs> content you were talking about. If you are... Uh, oh, that's huge news, too. Not just my balls. Uh, no, if, if you're a diligent little Instagram stalker, you might be able to go back. Maybe not. It was a story, I think. But we I don't know. If we, we posted the videos of the beginning of our Germany trip where we were in the lounge. Oh, right. uh, And you had a nice, beautiful... That's uh, basketball shorts. So if you go to beer, they're drunk that PC on Instagram. Right. It's a post. Oh, there we go. Got it. Yes. Uh, you can see these big, yeah. beautiful balls and basketball shorts. I, which, of which I threw away my final pair of basketball shorts just last week. Wow. Because the waistband too loose to stay up anymore, and I'm like, I'm on the champions. Oh, I'm all champion all the time. Yeah. But to the point where I'm like. I want to look at other nice <laughs> male athleisure brands, but at the same time, these are good quality. I don't want really to give a fuck. Right, right. Now that I know, like, well, if anything, I, I fit in everything they make, price. and that's the whole thing. I'm like, do Get I really need... Rain and Champs. Right, exactly, yeah. Fucking standing around action voice is like, oh, you got to go Rain and Champ. It's the best stuff. It's like, yeah, but it's three times expensive for a pair of fucking gray ball show-off well, pants. Well, it's tighter, too, because the Rain and Champ stuff I got, that collab with the other company. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Still got it Forgot about that, point. yeah. Um, oh, a little puppy visit here. But uh, uh, other than that, um, yeah, did the pizza night, which was nice. Um, we got him a, a very nice bottle of Dalmore Alexander Third whiskey, which is one of their most elite ones um, that he would never buy for himself. Uh, but uh, that was the smoothest whiskey I've ever had in my life. Um, it's supposedly... Because Dalmore is made in the same facility as Pappy Van Winkle and a couple other cheaper brands. Okay. And because uh, I guess like they literally just have the barrels stacked and they're like the highest ones are like the oldest because they don't churn through them as much. So the nicest stuff is aged in there for this brand, and then it's this brand, and then it's and then it's you know bottom shelf kind of shit too. Right, right. Um, but uh, super smooth and um, uh, I don't know nothing too crazy that night. And then Sunday was. Pretty much just at home. We watched all the Ghosttober stuff that night. Um, and, uh, yeah, I played disc golf again, and then we had Holy Moly, Mexican food place out here. Night Beacons is out here saying hello. Oh, As hello, the, uh, Night Beacons. oil uh, impact in the old... Uh, oh, yeah. What's it called? He's going to need some night vision goggles yeah. for that... Uh, yeah. Uh, Lobster lancing, spear fishing. Yeah. 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 Well, I saw him <laughs> now you should call it lobster lancing in the future. Well, you're not allowed to shoot them, so. Well, 
Doesn't mean he doesn't, okay? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Fisheries just got closed. Ooh, so, baby. Uh, mm. Yeah, because he, he got some Labos last night from what I could see mm. his um, Instagram story. Labos so. meaning um, Lobos. Spanish wolves. Exactly. Yeah, Lobo, Lobos. Lobos, yeah. yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah, those lobbies, those bugs. That is a shame. It's like 13 miles of coastline is fucking yeah, affected by the oil spill. Point. Oh, that's even so, more than 13 yeah. miles, I think, but... I don't know, maybe it's the Nazgul flies, that is only 13 miles, but to drive there right. is like a half hour. So. Right, right, right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think we're going to get into uh, old, old, what I wish it was, Tibet, but old mystical Tibetan, the Lost Kingdom, which is not Tibet. Right. It's Kunlun from Iron yes. Fist. Yes. Which is literally a knockoff of the actual Lost Kingdom from this episode. Right. Stay tuned. Iron Fisting. For more Mushu Pork. Yes. Uh, so break. Yes. Okay. <laughs> now you could almost meditate like a Tibetan monk almost. to that music. Yeah. Almost. Uh, I will admit, because sh- it's very taboo. No, I will admit that I, I preloaded my phone with a ton of binaural beats music, and it's all just like lyricless. Like and it's all these different frequencies of like here's to sleep through, here's to or sleep and to, here's to meditate, here's to dance to. No, there's no dancing one. It defeats the purpose. But uh, and so I was like, oh, cool. I'll I'll take some time and just meditate on the plane. But I ended up being like so supremely relaxed. And then I I don't I maybe fell asleep. It didn't seem I felt like I was aware the whole time, enough as aware as you are while meditating. Right. And like two and a half hours went by of the flight. I was like, oh, this is great. But And at least on Amazon Music, which I'm not like a full subscriber to or anything. I don't have the plan. I just buy ad hoc, you know, whatever I want in there if I want to listen to it. All of the, I, I feel like most meditation music is free. And, and on YouTube, like if you want to like listen to like a sound bath or whatever, They'll put one ad at the beginning and no ad breaks. I think they realize that would be like egregious to the whole purpose of it, you know, which is nice. But I downloaded like 200 fucking and like bilateral beats or bi or yeah binaural beats uh, on Amazon Music for free. This is not an ad for Amazon Music. Wish it was. Right. right. But um, uh, which we still have to load into their podcast. Oh God, yeah, I keep fucking forgetting. Uh, I don't know why they haven't emailed us personally yeah, you know, to yeah. get us on there. Uh, we do get a billion. A billion fucking uh, emails from weird, weird companies that look like the email to us to get on their podcast network was written by an AI or somebody. It doesn't just seem like someone where English is a second language. It seems like a TikTok voice person, right, right. Uh, which those fucking drive me nuts. It sounds like an excited girl. Yeah. <laughs> Why does my dad always do this when I'm eating macaroni and cheese? Hey, honey, remember when I fucked you and it sounded like macaroni and cheese and you're my daughter? Blue box, blues. <laughs> and then it just says hashtag Thursdays. Right, right, right. TGIF. Uh, uh, <laughs> TGIT. Right. <laughs> to get it. Uh, my dad's going to to get me. Um, I don't even know. Oh, I was talking about mm. binaural beats, stuff like that, and meditation. Because we're in... Tibet, baby. Welcome to Tibet. Welcome to Tibet, baby. <laughs> On the LA, Fox 11, LA News. Uh, Tibet is known as the roof of the world. It's an average elevation of 15,000 feet. There's 40% less oxygen 
per square inch of oxygen over there. And yet, three million rugged little people live up there mm -hmm. with excellent oxygen ratios in their blood. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, no, they all die at uh, seven years old. <laughs> That's why they're rugged little people. Exactly. But, uh, but, um, but yeah, this is... It's a huge, it's a huge, it's, a, it's the Himalayan mountain range, basically. Mount Everest is up there. Mount Kailash is up there. Or Mount Kailash, as I say on the show, which is insane. Um, it's like, how many people, I know, I know, Medallion Man, William Henry, that you are talking to people about my, Mount Kailash on a very regular basis. Right. And there's seven other people, many of which have, like, written books about it or about Nepal or Tibet or whatever. And they all say, at the very least, they say Kailash or Kailash, mm -hmm. but... Uh, he's like Kalish, like uh, saying Gaelic or something like that. Um, but uh, uh, and then uh, yeah, Mount Everest is is up there, and it's choo -choo, five and a half miles in the sky. It's a pretty tall mountain. It's not the tallest. Yeah, that's uh, the K five in uh, Africa or whatever they fucking call it. But not that's not Kilimanjaro. It's literally just called K five, the Widowmaker, as they call. It. What was that, K2, The Widowmaker or something? That submarine movie oh, uh, with Matthew thinking, McConaughey? <laughs> I was thinking more uh, Better Off Dead. Uh, oh, The Slope. Called, yeah. yeah, he's skiing it on one ski. Right, right. Yeah, God, I can't remember <laughs> um, they do have, they've been doing a good job this season of having at least some experts uh, related to like actual people from the culture or whatever. So they have a, a real Tibetan monk named uh, Thepo Tuluku. And... Um, he says that uh, uh, Tibet is known in their languages, the land of snow or Shangri-La, which is interesting. I'm like, oh, it just means land of snow. Not like, everyone's like, oh, Shangri-La, like it's right. paradise. But that's actually more Shambhala. Um, and uh, uh, spoiler alert, that is the Lost Kingdom, right? Shambhala? Yeah. Uh, uh, fun fact. Uh, PlayStation exclusive game, Uncharted 2, most people's favorite Uncharted, A Thief's Legacy, uh, is all about the search for Shambhala. It's a very, it's a very uh, uh, modern Indiana Jones style game where it's about a, a contemporary guy named Nathan Drake who is an archaeologist, and he's but he's very wisecracky, and there's a lot of banter going on as you're exploring these temples and killing terrorists who are trying to, you know, other, it's, it's again, very... It's not Nazis, but it's like, oh, right, right. this rival archaeologist hired all of these terrorists from the area to kill you and keep you out from this fucking waterfall where this magical dildo is. So, um, wild place. Yes, uh, there's. I I cannot. It's this. This is a stupidly cliche take, but it is so crazy that we ever watched documentaries about exotic places without drone cameras in our life. Like, right. well, you had to have a helicopter, which was very expensive, and so those shots were very minimal for the most part. But it's like, now that you have these drone cameras for fucking cheap, you can see, especially in a place like the Himalayas, like, all these temples that are built into the fucking mountaintops and stuff. It's, it's crazy how nice and beautiful all this stuff looks. So this is very Travel Channel-esque a lot of times, yeah. Ancient Aliens. Uh, I mean, it really is. It's like, even though it's always been on history and now, I guess, Discovery Plus, but no, Discovery Plus only has eight episodes. It's still on... Uh, it's on Amazon for the most part. Well, yeah, of course. Well, it was on Hulu for a minute. Yes. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know who has the fucking rights. Maybe it's Paramount Plus or some shit. I don't know. But um, uh, literally every episode of Ancient Aliens starts with somewhere 
in some year. It's always like this place at this time. It's, it's, it is basically a travel show. Right, right, right. Um, as are the ancient astronaut theorists who all seem to be just kind of well-off people with money to travel and be fake archaeologists. So, um, Humans have uh, inhabited that area for at least 20,000 years, according to texts from that culture. Um, it's also known as uh, uh, the land of the gods, according to Dr. Deepak Shimkata, who this is the doctor of Hindu studies. It's been on the show since like season two, but I never give him credit. I feel bad about that. But uh, yeah, Deepak Shinkata, he's always on talking about Hindu gods and Buddhism and all that stuff. So um, the Jiangsheng people were the first rulers of Tibet. And uh, I didn't know any of this part. They, they had a religion called uh, Bun or Bun Po, which of course the, uh, the Latin... Uh, Asian fetishist Dominic Stavo, uh, who's you know Latin guy who knows everything about Asian culture. Yeah. Um, he's it's, he's like an associate professor at UC Santa Barbara or something. So he's partying with all of the Asian coeds there, but uh, maybe or maybe broeds too. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I'm into broeds, but um, uh, who Ed Asner? Me? <laughs> yeah, I have an Ed Asner fetish. <laughs> who am I? <laughs> Uh, now, buddy, you're, you're not an elf like all the other elves, okay? No, I'm not going to do that. Um, it is almost elf season. I can't believe, I can't believe in a month and a half I'm going to be putting up the fucking Christmas decorations again, which is fun until you have to do it every year. Well, I'm just imagining the fucking Christmas oh, Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, which we did put up some Halloween decorations. I saw that on, uh, on your stories. Yeah. Uh, pretty narrow view on your ring camera. Well, that's that's the camera out, and then we have the, the oh, you have the, the light, so you're gonna so supplement and the light. Mm -hmm. So we we got it all. Almost like a two D view of whoever's ringing the doorbell. It's like perfectly lateral. Well, no, it's got it's at an angle. Oh, it it's is okay. Got it. Okay, because you had to put it on the mailbox or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Got yeah. it. Um, but yeah, Boon or Boon Po is like so Boon or Boon Po merged with. I mean, it's ancient, but the newer religion, which was Buddhism, as it came into that area. So Tibetan Buddhism is a little different than mm -hmm. classic Buddhism, right? So, which I thought was, I didn't know that. That was interesting. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Thai like or Indian or whatever. As you're playing in street exactly. Um, yeah, there's more tigers in his Buddhism. Right. Uh, but yeah, the Bunpo is, is more of an old school religion where it's, it has demons, and very animistic. It has demons and spirits that occupy objects and yeah, things. Tom and Poe was the evil kickboxer. Exactly, so yes. Um, yeah, it was Mei Li, good right. fuck. Right, right. I think that was her name, Mei Li or something like that. Uh, my, yeah, Mei Li. <laughs> Just so fucking crazy. Um, I mean, you do hate him, though. Right. After, <laughs> after sexually assaulting the girlfriend of... Uh, the protagonist, Jean-Claude Van Damme, right, which is crazy. Right. Um, I mean, because in so many of those movies, it's like kind of implied or that it's going to happen, but in that movie, it happens. Right, right, right. And it's not really a lighthearted movie, but it is like a fucking martial arts movie. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry, I lost my place. Uh, they talk a lot about, it's, it's basically like a Wikipedia section about what the Dalai Lama is. Long story short, they believe he is the reincarnate, the, the current Dalai Lama, the guy with those sweet, sweet glasses that they show many awkward pictures of. They show all these cool pictures of like older Dalai Lamas from like the 20s and the 1800s and whatever. And then him's always like, 
looks like he's waking up from a deep sleep, like, oh, and he's got those big fucking glasses on. And, uh, but he is apparently the 74th incarnation of the original Buddha. And Childress Tram's in here. And case in point, like we were saying before, uh, having traveled to Tibet a, a number of times, it really expands your mind. And in many ways, which I made a note, he says it like, the honey boo. <laughs> in many ways, uh, Tibet is a magical and mythical place where anything can happen. <laughs> I'm like, are they going to put that on the fucking uh, yeah. travel Sorry. brochures or whatever for... in Tibet. God, remember when one of the most common mini mall shops was a travel agency like a tiny little like it was always like they were in i would say every other mini mall was a travel agency because there was no hotels.com right right no easy way to round up all the places that you could stay or want to stay on a especially like again i think we talked about this but i feel like in the 80s and beyond and earlier but a lot in the 80s it was like how miserable it was to go to europe Yes, exactly. Oh, yes. there's just no AC, and they don't have right, lights, right. and they don't do all the stuff where we went, and it's like, oh, this is different. It was fine, it was yeah. Fine. yeah. And uh, which is also, well, and partly have my wife to thank for that, who was a, more of a traveling pro, right. because she goes, you don't want to go to these certain places in the summer. Right. Oh, man. Technical difficulties with the mic stand, Mr. Keep Steve. Um, but uh, anyway, we get a Sook alert immediately following up. The children chime in, and he says... Uh, the Tibetan region is filled with stories of so-called celestial beings that descended from the sky in flying vehicles that they refer to as dragons and flying furnaces. Uh, and according to some of the earliest Sanskrit texts, the first Buddha that walked the earth was nine feet tall, had light blue skin, and his arms reached all the way down to his balls. Right. Uh, no, his knees. Uh, and he was called... The Joy Buddha, <laughs> uh, which I don't know if that's a big ball joke or a short arm joke, but right, right, right. I think all normal men, I mean, most men, because they can touch their genitals, yeah, I don't think we even have to. I don't think that's, that's <laughs> Yeah, uh, but for a second, I don't know if, I don't know if they do. Um, it's crazy we go from this to lamb. Yes, exactly, yes. What By the end of the episode, it's about theosophy and occultism yeah, and stuff, yeah. but... Um, uh, and there are multiple statues in that region that depict a Buddha like that, which I actually didn't know that either. Like when they showed the Buddha statues where he has the light blue skin and he's got these weird proportions, kind of a giant. I had never seen that before. Like it almost, it, it almost seemed like, um, like Hanna-Barbera or the guys that drew uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle or Schoolhouse Rock like drew a stylized Buddha. He almost looked like a cartoon in a cool way, like the art style was cool, but yeah. um, because we're used to the more pot-bellied Buddha with, you know, the chubby cheeks, kind of, or the more, like, almond, you know, face shape, like the very, like, you know, intense jawline and whatever, too, but, um, but obviously since Buddha is shared by billions of people, <laughs> I think, in the, Southeast Asia, India, like, just that alone is huge, let alone areas of China, where I guess they technically can't legally practice it, but uh, except in Hong Kong, but then uh, Japan, all those places, you know, a lot of people yeah, practicing yeah. Buddhism, so. Um, uh, oh, the, the monk, uh, Toluku, he says that Buddhist, he literally says the phrase, like, he's like, Buddhists believe that humanoids, human beings live on other planets, they don't look just like humans here, uh, but we be they believe ancient aliens 
have interacted with humans, right? There's right. Lots, of, lots of planets with lots of people living on them. And we get another Sukh alert, and he says, the reason this area of the world has become a religious center is because of the arrival of extraterrestrials. So they're building up that Buddha himself is, uh, is a Mahatma, which we will learn is an enlightened, means an enlightened one, which Lamb and there's that other guy and a couple other ones, like those beings that were apparently interdimensional or astral projected or like the one dude was like from the other side of the world, uh, telepathic, called themselves Mahatmas as well. Or the show was doing work and saying like, oh, Lamb, you know, I don't know if it said, well, it sounds like Blavatsky or Crowley said Lamb was a Mahatma. Right, right. Uh, sorry, yeah, because Crowley's the guy that uh, interact with it. Yes, um, but uh, anyway, but this is where the connection starts of these Mahatmas, these you know enlightened people having the ability to basically astral project or or become a light being and travel to other connected worlds. Right? Yeah, um, yeah, because the very end of the episode is basically like uh, Thor and how there's the nine realms of the world tree, and they're all connected, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, this is where they reveal on the show that Shambhala is the titular Lost Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, I say boobular more than titular. But, uh, Childress chimes in and says, Shambhala is ruled by these kings who live for hundreds of years, and they're all-knowing, and they're uh, particularly guiding this planet, uh, very much as we often think the extraterrestrials do. So here's just the whole... The first section does a pretty good job of establishing the alien stuff, kind of. Um, but I, I appreciate they at least tried, because one of our biggest critiques is that they don't even try some episodes. Right, They're like, right, right. Uh, yeah, and they were aliens. And then here, let's yeah, get to the actual, let's get to a glorified Wikipedia article. Um, the next segment starts up, 1927. Uh, oh, yeah, they seem to have abandoned again. I think every two or three seasons they go to coming up on ancient aliens. Like they, I don't know why. Uh, they keep abandoning or not, I'm not sure, but um, in 1927 in Tibet, uh, an archaeologist named Nicholas Rorick searches for Shambhala and has a UFO sighting. And he literally thinks this is a spacecraft that came from Shambhala itself. Uh, and then they go to the ruins of maybe the hottest name city ever, Gugay, <laughs> uh, which is an ancient Buddhist kingdom. This is the one that's built on top of a, a southeastern mountain range out there. And uh, again, one like one thing where like uh, you'd have to have a helicopter shot, but now there's these drone shots. You can get all these cool because they could like fly in the little canyons and things and, and uh, stuff yeah. that even a helicopter can't do. Oh, early bird. Um, the uh, oh, it's funny because they're like the Gugans disappeared all of a sudden. And I was like, oh, I wonder what you know, like whatever. Like it, I wasn't like it, but I'm just like, oh, I wonder what the end's gonna be. And then they're like. <laughs> Uh, Gugay was an independent city-state for hundreds of years, but then the central government of Tibet decided to absorb it, and it's like, and so they sent soldiers to enforce new tax laws upon them, <laughs> and the soldiers, this is in the early 20th century, right. they literally say, in the early 20th century, soldiers from the government were sent to Gugay to enforce, and it shows ancient Mongols with spears and horses riding towards, right. riding in a grassy right. field. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I think that, you know, even in Tibet, they probably had pretty standard-looking military uniforms, but, uh, but it's just crazy that, like, apparently out of fear of being taxed, so they were true patriots, right. uh, self-made men and women there, yeah. uh, 
But no, they, uh, uh, the theory is that when everything was deserted, they were already ancient ruins and stuff anyway, but uh, there was not a single soul left in Guge. And their theory was that they, they descended into the huge tunnel infrastructure that went underground. And Childress chimes in here about it. He says, what people seem to believe is if you uh, follow these tunnels far enough into the earth, you would eventually come to that city. I don't remember spelling it C-U-M, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come to that city of Shambhala, an active city of light and power where extraterrestrials are living with human beings and working together. And also, it's a big, it's a big fucking... Shambhala is a big Shangri-La, as we yeah. would say. Um, but, uh, oh, I, I did make a point that there's some beautiful tit art uh, in the Gugean temples. There's these women that are like very lanky, and they have huge silicon bolton-looking uh, drawings on there. Um, but uh, we don't see any more of that. But it is funny, because Dominic Stavot is the next on the scene, and he's, he's the fetishist here. Uh, and he's talking about my, Mount Kailash for the thousandth time. This is a very holy mountain uh, that is theorized to even have... I don't know why they never mentioned this before in the other Mount Kailash-related episodes, but uh, Shambhala is either inside it or behind it or something like that. I mean, how many times have you been asked that? Um, (laughs) Are you inside me or behind me? A little bit of both. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I took a little trip to Gugay this weekend. Medallion Man. You know, you know some uh, uh, drone footage. Come on, come on! Here, snap, snap! <laughs> like through a cre- like a loudspeaker in the drone or right. something like that. Right. Honey, honey! <laughs> <laughs> Dad, why aren't you in this locked room with me? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> oh, Dad, your voice really changed. I don't know why yes. I went to. It's supposed yeah. to be his daughter. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, Medallion Man, uh, this is where he uh, comes on and pronounces it uh, K-lash, like uh, uh, tongue lash or something like right, that. Right, right. Uh, he goes, and people say that uh, the people uh, are told not to stay there too long because there's something radioactive inside the mountain and that people also live there in a physical form and non-physical form. And he, he gets big on the whole Caroline Corey meditation, rainbow light body thing um but uh now it doesn't ever say though that i mean it could be saying that some people are physical and some are not physical right um but uh they don't really say that you could ever return to a physical body again i mean i would assume i would assume it'd be like some dr manhattan shit it's like where once you ascend to understand everything about the universe you could just recombinate your own molecules and stuff right 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 um to have that that ascension doesn't Dissolve your physical body because you've right. now moved beyond. Ligma bull. Yes. <laughs> hey, isn't it wild that uh, Steve Jobs died of ligma? Who the hell is Steve Jobs? Ligma bull. <laughs> you said everything just so off that it was perfect, like the tone of the characters. Because <laughs> that's how the Rorschach, he's like, who the hell is Steve Jobs? <laughs> and then. Dr. Manhattan is like, <laughs> the slow down, like isn't it so sad that Steve Jobs died of ligma? Because it's like a slowed down, like a pitched down girl voice or something. It's so sad. Oh, boy. Who the hell is Steve Jobs? Ligma And of course, nah! <laughs> it explodes. 
just uh, yeah, that, the hard hit of who's the yeah. job to lick my ball, like just not even <laughs> again the full Michael Scott. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he had he had to commit to the, <laughs> the to it, even line. though the other person did not play in properly yeah. to the joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, they talk about the stupas again. Um, stupas are the kind of bell shaped. Uh, they're not mega. Well, I guess they're megalith. There's huge. They're huge bell shaped object that adorn many Buddhist temples, and uh, Medallion Man's like, of course they they look just like extraterrestrial flying devices. I'm like, okay, I, you know, we we haven't a they don't really right because why aren't they then more saucer like why would they be so artistically interpreted? You know, mm-hmm. if anything, I guess they look kind of like some depictions of some of the vimanas. Uh, which I think they've made a point a billion times too. But even then, there seemed to be a wide variety in what the Vimanas look like. I don't know. But yeah. um, uh, but this the stupas are what inspired uh, Die Gluck, which is the Nazi bell that the Nazis were trying right, to right. Uh, build as a cerebrally powered time travel mm-hmm. machine. Um, but Sukes come in, comes in and uh, lays down the law. He says, the literal definition of a stupa is a vehicle with which to travel to the stars. It is no longer a symbol, it is fact. I'm like, well, it's always been the same, so why did you just say that in earlier episodes, you know? But uh, this is where the episode, like, really switches to occultism. So at least I was like, okay, this is a curveball I didn't expect, so I definitely paid attention more to the second half of the episode than the first. Um, But uh, London, 1888, the infamous Madame Blavatsky... Uh, publishes the uh, her book called The Secret Doctrine about a lot of things, but in it was uh, large sections about the lost city of Atlantis and the lost city of Lemuria, lost continent of Lemuria. Mm-hmm. And she was an early proponent of humanity being way older, like homo sapien, human, intelligent culture yeah. being way older than the Egyptians, the Sumerians, all the, you know, again, the classic, like, Oh, 20,000 years ago, we were just still, you know, cracking bones together and, you know, uh, throwing spears at elephants and mammoths and, like, and not, not sitting down to a nice meal, a nice turkey dinner. No, not sitting down doing, agri- doing agriculture. Yeah. Oh, you want agriculture, son? Are you doing the agriculture? <laughs> Hi, this. <laughs> whatever his name was with, video, with, with a video. <laughs> Hello. No, with video professor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you need to learn how to do agriculture? <laughs> Try my product. Uh, it's just a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but the, they go over Atlantis and, and Lemuria, thankfully, briefly. Um, so not, they didn't go to a whole fucking thing. I thought I was like, oh god, is the whole show? Did they just use Madame Blavatsky as like a red herring to introduce Lemuria and Atlantis again, which we talked about a trillion times? And um, they did add at least like. Having her, at least, as the, the theme of this section was interesting because she says that, and apparently Plato did too, uh, they never mentioned it before, that the demise of Lemuria and Atlantis was that because they start, they were so advanced, but they started getting into like darker, the darker side of their technological magic stuff because mm-hmm. we don't understand how they were technologically advanced. Um, but she specifically said they, they were just rife with flying machines in these two cultures. So very advanced flying cars, flying trains. They show shitty CG and it's like, 
a fucking flying monorail from Disneyland or something. All these, everyone's in the little mon- cigar-shaped monorails flying about 100 feet above the city, which I'm like, not sure if that's worth it. Um, also, Atlantis never looks very big <laughs> in, in any of the recreations. It looks like you could walk across it in about 25 minutes, even from, from the furthest part of yeah. the, even though it's supposed to be this huge fucking... Mexico Solitism, smaller than Catalina. Right, exactly. Or the city of Avalon. <laughs> um, but uh, now... They go there in Roger Rabbit, so... Right. <laughs> uh, might be going to my first trip to Catalina, because they have, I think starting in January, have a Titanic exhibit, like a little museum thing with actual artifacts they're moving there. In so. the art museum there? or Well, they have like an art slash history museum. Right. And then they have the uh, casino. I don't know because my wife just told me about it the other uh, okay. day. Um, and you guys but, are Titanic fiends? Uh, she is. She can, she can recite that entire movie. Oh, right, right. Um, oh, so is it Titanic the movie or Titanic actual Titanic? No, it's the actual. It's, art, it's some artifacts from the actual Titanic. Because okay, okay. there is that yeah. other museum in like Branson, Missouri or some shit where, where Ghost Adventures did an episode on too. Because, um, uh, yeah, the museum there, they had an exhibit on the shit from Jaws. So it's like, oh, props from the movie. And Got this it. And that Which makes sense. So it's, it's off the coast museum. of L.A. Yeah. So He said the Titanic yeah. just arrived. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Cheech Marin's cameo. Well, better late than never. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ghosts are all just walking out of the hole right. of the iceberg, like as if, oh, we're just here, you know? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Stuck out in the middle of Right. <laughs> um, yeah, they weren't absorbed into the, into the glacial iceberg. Like apparently Yetis might be in this episode, but um, oh, this is where they introduce uh, the apparently telepathic Tibetan Mahatma named Kutumi. So he started contacting, supposedly, allegedly, Madame Blavatsky, okay. and he said he said to her he communicated he was he was living over you know thousands of miles away over in India, or sorry in Tibet um, that he was a Mahatma, aka an enlightened master. He told her all this stuff. Um, we thankfully, mercifully, we get a solid stare down, uh, but he is not visibly shown on screen. We just get a solid stare down uh, voiceover here. Right. And he says, he was even able to manifest himself in her apartment in London, even though it was thousands of miles away. So now we're getting into astral proje- projection here, um, which that creepy episode of uh, Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum, the show, the new show, right. Episode two is about the lady that had, because I think we talked about this off mic, but the lady that had uh, all of those circular interdimensional communication radio devices that she would put like spell cards and shit into. Um, but uh, that was like, basically it was, her, it was, the theme of it was like, she astral projected, but where she went was where evil beings can be too or whatever too. Because that whole story is like, she was talking to what she thought was her guardian angel named David. Right. And then this demon apparently starts telling her that David stops contacting her after like weeks of successful contact. And then this demon uh, tells her he murdered David okay. and, and then takes her soul and whatever right, too. Right. Um, anyway, uh, Madame Blavatsky founded Theosophy, which was like, uh, which means like the wisdom of the gods. And it was like, um, Part of, I don't think it kicked it off necessarily. I think it was part of, because later, the late 1800s were primed for this spiritual, right. uh, sorry, uh, 
is it spiritual? Yeah, the spiritualism movement, sorry. Uh, where now that you had middle class people who had like free time, right. they were like, well, what kind of fucking stuff can we, we're bored, well, what can we get into? New technologies on a rise. Exactly. Electricity, shit like that. Life was a little easier. Yeah. They could hang out and just chill out after dinner because, you know, not that they had washing machines or anything, but uh, uh, things were just a little simpler. Right. The Wild West was pretty much over. People were, people were settled in, and there was enough products, goods, and uh, abundanza to go around. To uh, If you were an upper-middle-class person to, to go, oh, let's, let's pay for something, you know, the equivalent of, like, a magic show, which I think if you were working a fucking farm you would think that that was a huge waste of money or something. So, um, anyway, it's kind of a pan occult, pan occult society. And it was all of these, many of them very affluent, like Frank L. Baum, who wrote Wizard of Oz. And the guy who invented baseball <laughs> was like one of the guys they listed on there uh, as these big wigs in the society with Madame Blavatsky. Uh, Tesla was part of it, whatever, too. Or at least, you know, was into it. Yeah. Um, and it's like a pan... This was cool, too, because I've read about, like, the definition before, but this kind of encapsulates, like, it's a pan-occult um, framework, it's very loose, that just says, hey, let's go look at every kind of religion that Western religions don't allow you to look at because the Abrahamic religions are all about, do not go into this, what, what is considered, <laughs> yes, uh, uh, not of God, so therefore is evil. Right, it's right. all demonic, dark, whatever stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then Eastern religions, which are you know godless religions, and blah blah blah. So, a bunch of smart Western people going, "Hey, let's look at all this other shit." Uh, and even Gandhi uh, met her as well, and it had a very apparently life changing experience because she told him she talked to him about being visited by Kutumi, and he believed her, and that Kutumi spread this message of, "Hey, people should all be equal." Uh, we need to enter an age of enlightenment where people aren't subjugated. And Gandhi came from India where there was a huge caste system that was still being enforced by England who owned it at the time, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Because uh, that was Gandhi's whole thing, right? Eventually he helped bring about the freedom of India from as a, for, to not be a British colony anymore, correct? Uh, I don't. That's a good question. I never watched that movie with uh, Ben Kingsley. Sir, yeah, yeah. Ben Kingsley. I mean, India's all kinds of fucked up anyways. <laughs> I mean, because, yeah, they had, like... It, it, hey, this is Steve. Uh, I wanted to apologize for saying <laughs> India is all kinds of fucked up. Yeah. But. No, I'm not going to apologize. It, it is. Uh, Connect the dots. Yeah, because there, there's different regions, and, what, and basically it's like, yeah. oh, the North is in power, and they hate the South. So right, right. Them, even though there's no caste system anymore, it's mm -hmm. still all fucked up. So, yeah, I can't remember... Yeah, the legacy I, of that stuff yeah. is still kind of Oh, yeah, there. well, it's because it's, like, in Africa, it's, like, a bunch of white people saying this is the country when it's right. like well this border crosses these ancient lands that exactly rule and own and again one tribe's putting power happen here as well you know put quote unquote put in power by the white man right, right. and then they oh, what tribe are you mate <laughs> excuse horrible. me yeah. <laughs> Harlem City <Warlords>. oh, car. <laughs> uh, anyways it's all fucked and Gandhi <laughs> was a piece of shit anyway so right he was banging underage girls yeah, and shit like yeah. that um, but uh, uh, we head over to, well, so we flash forward a little bit to uh, New York City in 1918 with old Aleister Crowley, um, last great cowboy in all of Christendom. No, he was uh, Aleister Crowley, an extremely famous um, uh, occultist and uh, invented uh, Thelema, which is its own religion based off of 
uh, a book that Lamb, this interdimensional being that he comes into contact with, literally, literally at or in the Great Pyramid while he's doing a tourist, like a guided tour of the Great Pyramid with his wife in Cairo, um, is contacted by him and then contacts him further after that. Mm. But Lamb comes to him and, and dictates uh, the Book of the Law, which is, I think, like a 12, it's like very short, it's like a 12-page book, almost like Ten Commandments, but a little longer. Yeah. It's a 12-page book, and again, occultists, don't at me, okay? Sorry, right. I just learned about some of this stuff recently, but uh, wrote the Book of the Law, which uh, is the basis of uh, Thelema, which was his religion. But he was an offshoot of Blavatsky as well. Right. And it's kind of, this episode, actually, this section of the episode made the um, Secret Cipher of the Euphonauts book by Alan Greenfield, which I read because of Hellier, yeah. uh, it, that, it made half of that book make a lot more sense because the first half of the book is literally just listing all of the big names in theosophy, yeah. where they kind of came, like what their little uh, legacies were and how they, how they came up with parts of or were connected to people or interdimensional beings or philosophies that like, ultimately ended up in this cipher yeah. of, of these Mahatmas, basically. You know, these, they were called the 12 or whatever, that were like the lamb is one of these 12 enlightened beings, which apparently each come from one of these, as this episode says at the end, right. one of these 12 connected worlds to Earth. The number 12 comes yes. up a lot. I didn't even fucking think of that. That was the divine number from last time. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I did make the point, too. They show a picture of Crowley and Blavatsky, like a colorized picture each next to each other. And I was like, they literally look like a male and female version of each other, like, or like twins or something like that. It was yeah, very yeah, eerie. Yeah. But also they're both, well, she's not British. I mean, she's definitely not British. Yeah. She might be British. No. no, she's from London, but I don't think she is British. I can't remember. I don't know. Could be totally wrong. Um, next segment starts in India, 1938. Uh, uh, Nazi-funded archaeologist... Uh, doesn't say he was one, but right. uh, Ernst Schaefer um, leads an expedition into Tibet. Officially, which is why I don't think he was a Nazi, but again, it made sense as this segment went on. Uh, he was officially there to just learn as much as possible about the Tibetan culture and document things about them and whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's literally, a, there's literally pictures that look like they came from the last 10 years in a Nat Geo magazine yeah. where he's just like, he and three other white people are like happily sitting at like a, real, a, a table in a temple with a bunch of Tibetan people, which is like, doesn't really reek of Nazi-ism here. But again, it makes sense as this segment goes on because um, unofficially he was there to research the um, the Aryan race, mm -hmm. which uh, you know they they use their vril power, um, and they're from another planet or dimension. Use their vril power uh, based on the book Vril from the 18, also from the eighteen eighties called Vril: The Power of the Coming Race, which was written by an occultist. Yeah, and uh, uh, but yeah, the Nazis believed that these Mahatmas were from a singular race of supermen because that's what the Vril book says. Um, and I don't think it was Hitler himself. He knew about it, but I think it was, was it Rommel or Goebbels that was like the big occultist guy? It was one of those two. Um, uh, or no, sorry, Henrich Himmler. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was Himmler, I believe, that usually was the, the guy project managing all these occult, um, occult research expeditions, let's just say, because um, they wanted any edge they could. And... Um, 
Uh, but Hitler also wanted to find Shambhala if it existed. Cockney Collins has his one appearance, and he says, Now, the Nazis were influenced by the works of Madame Blavatsky because she stated that if you could find the entrance to Shambhala, they would also be able to control the destiny of humanity and the world as a whole. So basically saying, like, if you could find your way to this magical realm, then uh, I assume it, you would only, as we find out later, guarded heavily by a bunch of Sam squinches. But yeah. uh, if you were pure of heart, uh, which the Nazis definitely were not, but I also have a, a take on that that I will discuss then, but uh, on, like, what pure of heart means. But... Uh, of course, the Nazis being who they were, they, didn't, they wanted the fucking quick answer. It's like, hey, let's find the hole, let's get there, and somehow we'll become fucking superpowered or something. But um, yeah, the mission was cut short, though, because World War II officially started. Basically, all the, all the country, well, Everyone America was a little later, in. but yes, yeah. exactly. Um, but they did bring back a mysterious nine inches. 22 pounds. Uh, what they thought was an iron statue, which they called the Iron Man. <laughs> right. I'm Iron Man. Hey. I'm Buddhism. There it is. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty easy to do a, down, a Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, exactly. yeah just kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of talking like your friend Jake. Yeah, they're going to have a white sail. White sail. That was kind of a weird sound. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or as Iron Man, you know, I got a mask. The mask is the mask is uh, absorbed back into my neck collar or something. Nanobots. Pepper. The mask is gone. <laughs> uh, here's your mask again, sir. <laughs> Thanks, Jarvis. I guess. <laughs> You're always so rude to me, needlessly, sir. <laughs> Shut up, you fucking AI piece of shit. <laughs> oh yeah, because he becomes Vision, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, on this Iron Man statue, right in the center where his power source, power core should be that also magnetically keeps the, the metal filaments that would kill his heart away, uh, <laughs> is a swastika. But it is the clockwise swastika, which was always, for thousands of years, a Tibetan symbol for prosperity and good luck. The Nazis... Uh, as Medallion says, uh, of course, turn it counterclockwise. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, flip the slap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've <laughs> I forgot about that. We used to say that because yeah. oh, yeah. I said that, guys, yeah. right? <laughs> hey, flip slap, yeah. fucking. <laughs> oh shit! I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Ugh. <laughs> Because that was pre-pandemic. Oh, yeah. When that happened, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, those were some of the early basketball shorts conversations, I think. I believe so. Um, anyway. <laughs> this was the interesting part, because apparently, even the, even the Nazis believed that uh, not only Germans, but Romans, which makes sense because the Italians were okay. Okay. They weren't as good. Right. They weren't true Aryans. They were, like, some offshoot or whatever. But... But also, anyone that spoke Sanskrit was potentially Aryan as well, which I was like, for, for Hitler and the Nazis, that could lead to some very dark-skinned people that they normally right, right, would right. not think of as Aryan. Oh, yeah, so yeah. That's inter- I thought that was really interesting. Um, uh, I think I've dubbed uh, uh, Bruce, Bruce Fenton, who's on the show quite a bit, and he, it looks like if the camera pans back that he'll be like paraplegic or something because he's like so 
back in right, his right, right. chair, oh, and his right. and his head doesn't move. If he is, I'm sorry, but yeah. uh, sorry. but he never seems to move. Like he also doesn't. I don't know. He talks very. I think I can see his hands moving underneath. Maybe like that security uh, g- guy with the gif at the uh, sports yeah, game. It looks yeah, like he's yeah, checking yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Which that might be like one of the top ten Five best seconds. gifs of all time. Because yeah. um, <laughs> he's sweating. He's like he's pumped. Like because I don't even know. Do you know what he's actually doing? I, I, it looks like he's like pumping something yeah, up yeah, while yeah, saluting yeah, or something. Right. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I have dubbed him uh, the chubby chocolate chipmunk because he has very big cheeks. Uh, he talks through his, his lips like this, um, and he has beautiful mocha skin. Yes. But um, uh, he says, uh, uh, "I mean, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't come up with the uh, verb. I don't like. Oh, he chomps down or chipmunks right, right, it up right, or whatever. Right. You know, just shut up about it. All of our legions of fans. I'm sick of hearing him being added about yeah. his verb. But um, you don't verb me. Um, <laughs> my preferred verbs: yeah. <laughs> coming, farting." Right. <laughs> Eating slash right. eating slash wall slash coming. Right, right. <laughs> um, one, 1.5 liters. <laughs> Full belly. <laughs> uh, without. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> yeah, that's just from your web series showing Juan tweets. <laughs> right, right, right. Sure is. Um, anyways, uh, we can assume that this is what stood out to them this uh, swastika emblazoned uh, on the chest, clearly. Uh, and this is involved with uh, these entities that are uh, in the background of the Aryan race and, and their sort of greatness in the world. So, not an interesting take. I put that in there, A, because I wanted to quote him. Because he's like, he's a regular on the show now. Like, I got to admit yeah. it. I didn't want to before, but he's in every episode. But this is bad editing. Like, what he said should have been at, like, the beginning of, you know, Clot where this was like, an interesting symbol appeared on the whatever. And it's like, and then he should have put that on there. But this is like five minutes after they've already been talking about it. It's very strange editing. But um, in a more recent scientific study in Stuttgart, Germany, uh, in 2012, the statue was examined, was re-examined, discovered that it was made in the 11th century, but that wasn't the weird part, and it was carved from the Chinga meteorite itself. So it's definitely not just worldly iron. It's it's more complex. And Nick Pope elaborates a little bit. He says... uh, uh, one of the rarest meteorites in human history that fell into Tibet 15,000 years ago. It's the most unusual and hardest meteorite ever discovered. They clearly suspected that this thing had great power. Uh, Childress Shams and immediately says, was it perhaps card of a spaceship, something that had crashed in Tibet? And, and that was all, the, and the Jinga meteorite was all that was left. I'm like, I get like like it must have like vaporized into a solid fucking molten mass, I guess. But um, I can't imagine that uh, again something that could travel through interstellar space is gonna burn up on entry like that and, and right. literally vitrify into a rock. Um, the next segment is uh, is there what, what's what, what's going on with uh, all these excellent coolers and thermoses, all these Yetis around? Yeah. Um, but also, you still got that Yeti cooler? Uh, I've got both, yeah. The bag one's got a rip in it now. So oh, no. That sucks. Less, less good. So I got the Pelican for that. It's just because, again, I'm used to seeing I'm used to seeing all your working, like your, your continuous work devices, not related to employment. Right, right. All right. the stuff you're using is in right, use, right. was in using spots in your backyard. Right, right, right. Right. <laughs> spots, right. Yeah. Uh, but now you're, now you're, A, you have more room, but now right. you're organizing. Oh, 
big shout out to your uh, to your room because your your fiance was like, "This is Steve's room," <laughs> and oh, she opens it up. And for, well, first I was laughing because she opens up the coat closet and she goes, "This is where Bubs is," and, yeah. and Bub was just like, <laughs> like in there buried in a bunch of clothes on a shelf. Right. Right. Because uh, I didn't know anything else was living in there, but yeah, then I, mean, yeah. I didn't notice the cat right, stuff. Right, but right. Uh, but no, you're uh, you have a He-Man castle in there that's actually yeah. displayed now. Exactly. It was nice to see some of your collectibles displayed and not in boxes, like right. actually being used, yeah. collecting some dust. Well, I, I broke down, started collecting the Masters Universe Origins line, which mm-hmm. came out in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's coming up on its second year. So I started getting those at the last power nice. here and. Yeah, I have some other stuff I'll be opening and displaying. Again, the room where it was Ding Dong Fundy, yeah. um, he put in a center shelf, which was then just storage. And right. Then he had his stuff and then my stuff. And it was just. I have never seen, except, a mess. except at Comic Con yeah. or WonderCon, I have never seen so many different facial expressions of Goku in one fucking place in my right, life. Right. All of his screaming, different screaming faces. Yeah. Uh, than in that room yeah. when Ding Dong started sharing that room with right. his collectibles right, with you. Because right, right, right. um, I feel like you had just a handful of big things in there, and then he was just like box after yeah, box yeah, yeah, after yeah. box like of fucking Dragon Ball yeah, stuff. They're, they're like the size of a normal book, let's say. Right. Is their box. So mm-hmm. yeah, he just had a shit ton on bookshelves. <laughs> Here's a sad side note, too. Like Part of what is extra sad about old Ding Dong is like none of the stuff that he is clearly passionate about ever turns into something actionable. Like, case in point, I started when I was five or six, like, I wanted to get into martial arts because we were inundated with Asian yeah. martial arts cartoons. Every Everything Movies, was Ninja right. Turtle and Karate Kid and G.I. Joe and this and whatever. Like, everything was Asian martial arts. Yeah. And, the, you know, the 70s and then the 80s was the birth of the, well... More the the growth, the expansion of the mini mall culture, mm-hmm. and people opening what I now know are hyper shitty, shitty like pointless shitty little martial arts. They call them McDojos, yeah, yeah. just little chain things. Or you know, it's like oh, <laughs> Ken Burns, uh, documentary film school and karate. No, I don't know why Ken Burns was the first name I fucking thought of, but uh, God, imagine, imagine if it was Sensei Kevin Burns. Right, that would have been maybe sumo exactly uh, school. There. Right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> remind me that after we get off the air, I'll tell you another joke I just thought of, but it's, I'd have to apologize for that, too. Uh, <laughs> and we've done too much of that tonight. <laughs> another connect the dots. Right. Sure. But, um, uh, but like, he watches, like, fucking... And I, I also know that he's in his 30s, and I was young, right? But still, like... It's like, hey, when you watch something, don't you? Not that you want to go learn how to shoot energy blasts out of your hands. <laughs> I mean, we all do that in the fucking privacy room, right, bathroom, right, and shower right, and bath, right? But uh, uh, it's like, don't you? Don't you? Wouldn't you ever want to? You're watching all this fighting. You're watching this. Like, wouldn't you want to go? You know, because he doesn't really exercise too much. He just runs. Like, don't you want to do some fun? Some like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just seems. It's too late. No, I, I know, and that's but I'm just but but he he has such a childlike love for that show, which is a very four children show. I mean, it's just a fucking fight. You'd be surprised. Thing. <laughs> I've watched enough anime to know, but I mean, but but Dragon Ball in general is more of what I would call a fa- like a like a what is it here a, a rated 
T for teen, like a like a thirteen and up kind of show or whatever that little kids could also watch. But because uh, obviously the you know the violence and stuff in anime is more acceptable well, than it would be out here. Um, but like again, like fucking Berserk would be like a rated A for adults or whatever you know, like super hardcore. But uh, anyway, just a side note. I'm just like it's it's just like with Matt where I'm like, hey Matt. You don't have to only play disc golf with other people. You can go play by yourself if you want to just go do something. But anyway, um, 2019 in Nepal, the Indian Army, and it's cool. They should they have the news story. It reports 32 inch long and 15 inches wide footprints, and so these look like Yeti slash Sam Squinch footprints. We get a little Yeti uh, Wikipedia stuff here, but. Uh, they do get more specific that the old Boon or Bunpo religion says, and I didn't know this at all. Did you know? Did you know the whole guardian of Shambhala thing? I did not know that. Uh, it sounded vaguely familiar, but not totally. Because like uh, that religion is says says that these uh, yeti, these yetis, are the guardians of the entrance to Shambhala. Right. So anyone that is not pure of heart, they show massive. Any humans in general, they show massive aggression towards them. Right. So uh, Himalayan explorers are told this. They're warned by their guys. They're like, they watch out for the fucking Yetis. Blah 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 blah. They do show uh, an old, cool, like Southeast Asian style art car, like, uh, painting of a Yeti, or what I presume to be a Yeti. It was a female Yeti, and I don't know if you notice, it had the most, the most dangerous looking nipples I have ever seen. They literally drew it as if in real life they would literally be like silly putty traffic cones that were like bending, because it's like, like with its teeth and everything, and I'm like, right, right, right. oh my god, I've never seen anything like that, really? And like, you know, a couple little hentais aside or something right, like right, that, right, but right. I was shocked. And they also, you can't show something like that and not tell about it, guys. You gotta talk about them. Um, but anyway, also, going back to Uncharted 2, it makes sense, the Yeti thing, because there is a, like, those games, like Indiana Jones, they're, like, grounded, 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 and then, like, at the very end, it's like, is there a little supernatural thing happening here? Like, is there a curse? Is there this? And at the, towards the end of that game, these Yeti-like beings, like, almost kill him and his crew, and he doesn't know if it's a dream at first, because there's, like, this, like, a hypno hypnosis powder that gets sprayed, or whatever, like, these darts and shit. So it, it keeps you wondering, but by the end of it, you literally have to like fight these things off and run from them or whatever too, and they are guarding the entrance to Shabala, which I never made, never put that together. Um, they go to Whoopkunt Lake, which is on on the pilgrimage road to Mount Kailash, and it's got six hundred skeletons of human beings. And long story short, the theory originally was like, oh, they all died in some blast or in some accident or some fire or something like that. But uh, they've actually tested the DNA and, and also just the wounds and stuff, like the, the scars and markings on the skeletons. And they died over a period of 1,000 years, so 600, at least 600, which so there could have been more, I don't know. But uh, Childress chimes in and he says, some of the skeletons had what scientists said were unhealed compression fractures. I don't know why he doesn't want to say it. on. He's like, on the head. Uh, were they murdered by, like, a big hammer on the head? <laughs> uh, I'm picturing like Donkey Kong right, right, right. Um, and then thrown into the lake researchers were baffled by this lake and then the more they found out about it the stranger it became uh, they did DNS, DNA tests and found out that it was a mix of South Asians East Asians and even some Westerners so some Mediterranean folk were in there too um, but uh, 
Uh, oh, and so I'm, of course, wondering, oh, are they going to say that this is the mass grave? That is this where all the, the yetis fucking throw the people that they kill? You know, they bash them on the head. This is also very, um, I got very Congo vibe, you know, Michael Crichton's uh, Congo, right. where they had the big stone paddles. They were these gray gorillas that were, like, genetically fucked with. Yes, exactly. Which I'm assuming, yeah, that's probably exactly where that fucking came from. <laughs> the inspiration. Um, uh, no physical proof has ever been retrieved of a Yeti. No hair, no defecation, no signs of... Again, these are nine-foot-tall primates, potentially. Somebody would be seeing carcasses of Himalayan deer or fucking giant bob, whatever the fuck these things eat. But again, with all um, wild man, Sasquatch, Yeti, you know, uh, skunk ape, like all of the, the, the wild men primate stuff, there is never any fucking physical evidence except for maybe the tree tenting things that some of them do in the right, north, right. the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. There's no physical evidence that an animal of that size exists. Yes. Um, uh, the chubby chocolate chipmunk, Bruce Fenton, comes on again. He says, uh, now perhaps they are not physical beings and are an interdimensional class of entities that, uh, that's able to appear and disappear at will. They manifest themselves at will to stop those that are not supposed to enter certain areas. And we get a Zadok talk, the first one on this episode, and he says, uh, uh, some modern researchers, people like Jacques Vallée, John Keel, which might be the first mention of them on this entire show, among others, have drawn the conclusion that maybe we're not dealing with extraterrestrials from outer space, but ultraterrestrials coming from parallel space. That's exactly what masters of mysticism and experiences from the prophet prophetic traditions have been saying for thousands of years, of which he's very into, uh, is it Cabal? The mystic, mystic yeah, version yeah. Of, uh, of Judaism? Cabal. Cabal, yeah, I think. I think. Uh, you know, whatever Madonna's into. Right, right, right. Uh, she was the one that made that uh, in, like, pop culture. But um, uh, the last little segment here, I guess it's not that little, but it, it's still like a, you know, it's like a two-minute kind of wrap-up segment. Um, this is where they show really old t uh, Tibetan monk from like the 70s or 80s, I believe, because they have like VHS, like video of him. Mm -hmm. uh, he meditates for seven days straight, so starving himself, like all that yeah, stuff, yeah. trying to obtain the rainbow light body, which supposedly gives you access to, alter, uh, access to uh, alternate all realms, yeah, realms. Um, uh, oh, I was curious, I was like, is this where, is pure of heart, like, you know, they're like, hey, like, the Yeti's going to kill anyone that don't, you know, what? It takes somebody pure of heart to enter Shambhala. Like, I always, like, we're always like, oh, does that mean you're a good person? It's like, you can't be a villain and enter here, like, all these fucking Disney movies and shit like that, you know, uh, say. But it's like, it's almost like if, you're, if, if, if the requirement is endless, endless hours, days of, like, pure, deep meditation focusing on a singular goal... Yeah. To me, that would also be a pure heart. It's like you have cleansed your mind of right. literally everything but this one yeah. goal. Yeah. What's your you know? intention? Right. right. And so... Which we yeah, associate with, quote-unquote, what we would deem normally good, but is it right. pure to your point? My intention is to purely focus on exactly. what the hell it is. And, uh, and so I guess the Shambhalans are like, hey, you can let this guy in because he fucking... Right. He literally killed himself <laughs> right, right. to get in here. Um, but uh, this is where Caroline Corey is on. She's so annoying. She talks yeah. about how she talked about this in Superhuman, The Invisible Made Visible, which for five dollars a month or more you can listen to uh, over a review of over at uh, patreon.com/slash probing ancient aliens. But she talks about how 
which was an interesting factoid. Your brain actually emits, um, not emits, <laughs> your brain yeah, emits uh, 14 to 20 biophotons, so again, biologically produced light, uh, per centimeter squared per second. During deep meditation, the human body can emit up to 100,000 photons in the same space in the same time, which is, that's a lot. That's, that's very interesting. And that, yeah. and that leads to the whole thing. It's like, oh, are you becoming more of a light being by having your consciousness focused and, you know, whatever, right? Because yeah. then they, they took pictures of, like, the photons, and it looks like there's auras around people, and can people see that, blah, blah, blah. Um, with this monk, his physical body, and the, the video was kind of disturbing. I was shocked they didn't, like, have a little, not, they don't usually do warnings on the show, but it was kind of disturbing where it's like, you see him as a normal, very elderly man, but then they show him wrapped up in a blanket, like in a, in a, but his head is still, and his head looks normal, but his body is like Voldemorted out and like, you know, in the seventh movie or a book right, or whatever. Right, right. I'm like, oh my God, this is fucking disturbing. But assuming, again, to be skeptical a little bit, it's like, assuming they didn't literally like cut his fucking arms and legs off to prove some point or something, I cannot, I'm not saying they did, but that would literally what would be what you would have had to do to make this guy's body look like this because people that were observing him said, as his last breaths went out of his body, he literally shrunk, mm -hmm. uh, and pretty much just his skull stayed the same. So, uh, like his like his physical uh, mass was converting into light. They also had a photograph, which wasn't that impressive, but they were like they basically said, "There's a beam of light." It was a very Ghost of Interstellar photograph. Like there was a beam of light in the space where he had done most of his meditation. I'm like, okay, I I don't disbelieve you, but um, would have been cool to like show like here's where he was sitting, and then show it a side-by-side. -side. But uh, Medallion Man almost finishes out here. He says, uh, the Tibetan tradition, uh, in the Tibetan tradition, they tell us that once a lama has achieved that, uh, this state of being, they're able to travel to 12 star systems where, this is like almost like getting into weird Mormon territory, like uh, where his, this teaching is taught and that uh, uh, they're all connected with the earth and that beings come and go, bringing this teaching and enlightenment to all that come into contact with. The rainbow light body is an extraterrestrial teaching that was imported to Earth from other star systems. So the deepest meditation that a Tibetan Buddhist can do was taught by the likes of Lam and Kutumi and whoever this guy was talking right. to. I was about to be nasty, Rainbow Bright was talking yeah. to. And <laughs> hey, this is our fucking Lama, Rainbow Bright. Yeah. <laughs> he's, <laughs> yeah, he's a little pretty fruity, but he's pretty nice, whatever, you know. Makes good, uh, makes good uh, Tibetan stew. Um, I couldn't think of any food they eat, I don't know. Right. Uh, I'm just a dumb American, but uh, Zadok says, uh, he finishes out, and he says that basically what Medallion Man says, which is that there are these 12 worlds we are connected to, all connected by the teaching of true oneness and nothingness with everything else in the universe, and that you can ascend your physical body, which again, I mean, he's, he says that is the true biblical teaching, and he, of course he's talking about the Torah, he's not a, he's not a New Testament guy, of course, yeah. but... Um, and stuff is weirder and, in my eyes, more interesting than, than the New Testament stuff. But, uh, but even a guy like Jesus apparently was going through the same thing, too. Like, he, like the voice of the universe and connecting, trying to have spread love and oneness and no classes and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and that's what everything's all about. That once, once we all reach this enlightenment, we're going to be part of this tree of life, of Yggdrasil, yeah. and be able to go to... Uh, the ice giant planet and the pretty gold planet, and they don't really go anywhere else. Right, right. They go to maybe they go to, to 
Niflheim's the ice one, and then I can't remember what the fire one is, where it's like a lava planet oh, or something. Right, right, but right, right, right. Uh, I think those are the only ones we see. But uh, and then New York City, right. of course, like in the movie. So. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, we're going to go, I think Steve's going to go reach the enlightenment of going to sleep after, after a drive, drive home. home. But uh, the, the next, next episode's called The Galactic Keyhole. I don't know what that's about at all, but I'm assuming it might be about that little, that little doorway that doesn't go anywhere over at Puma Punku or whatever that place is, but I don't know. Uh, make sure, make sure and, uh, support us over at patreon.com slash for Exclusive podcast every month, blackholesupplycompany.com for Provenation Aliens merch and disc golf this and apparel. And uh, yeah, follow us on Instagram at Probing Ancient Aliens, on Twitter at Probing Aliens, and uh, head over to Puttfuckers, uh, which was recently updated with some content. I don't know if it was a story or a post, but or maybe both, but uh, head over to uh, uh, at Puttfuckers, P U T T F U C K E R S on Instagram, and then uh, P U T T F C K R S. On TikTok, no vowels in fuckers. Other than that, I'm bye. bye.